Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution, where we discuss how to give our senior dogs the best life they deserve, where age is just a number and health and happiness of our senior pets is a priority. Hello, senior dog pet parents. I hope that you all are well. This is Dr. Monica Tarantino, and welcome back to the Senior Dog Revolution podcast. This should be the first podcast after the new year, so happy new year. I hope you guys had a wonderful end of your year. I took a break during the month of December from the podcast. I did miss talking to you guys, and I am happy to be back. And I actually had some creative time, so I was able to plan um, kind of where I want to take Senior Dog Revolution this year. And I'm really excited about some stuff. So we'll be rolling out some new different programs, different products this year, um, which I haven't really done before because I was really just focused on doing the podcast. So I'm really excited about those things, and we'll talk more about them in the upcoming months. But today, let's start talking about our episode today. So Today, we're going to talk about three ways to enhance the comfort of our geriatric senior dogs. So geriatrics are really a group of dogs that are supposedly in the last 10 to 15% of their life. And most of us who actually own a geriatric senior dog, we know that we do because this is the crew that is like the oldest, crunchiest dog. They almost always have some sort of health issue at this point. Many have mobility issues. Many are cruising around in strollers when you're outside or in backpacks within this group. You're When you have a dog in this group, you're at a point with them where you're really focusing on their quality of life and managing their diseases. I happen to think this is the most lovable group of senior dogs because they have all these weird attributes that make them so interesting and their personalities are really eccentric at this age. So this is the crew, when I think about like the classic geriatrics that come into my clinic, I'm thinking about, you know, the Brussels Griffin that's 13 and a half years old, whose tongue hangs out and he pants nonstop and he's got Cushing's and we just did a dental on him. So he's a lot more comfortable and he's got a history of back pain and we try to manage, oh, and heart disease. We try to manage all of these things he has going on all at once. And he still kind of just keeps on going and he has a really great life. So um, that's a classic geriatric uh, that I'm thinking of at my clinic. I'm also thinking of Vinny, who's my Italian greyhound patient, who is almost 14 years old. His tongue is like, I don't know, it's like five inches long, hangs out of the side of his mouth. Finney has got several issues that we're working on too. These guys are very, very funny. And they really, to me, I feel like they look like they just like popped out of the Island of Misfit toys. And like, these are the geriatrics. So usually if you have a geriatric, you already know about it. And these guys are not really, they're not really shy about expressing to you (laughs) what they want, um, but they do in a way have trouble communicating. And we're going to talk more specifically about that in just a few minutes. So I currently have two geriatrics in my home right now, and we have a total of four dogs, two cats, one fiance for me, and the two geriatrics are my almost 16-year-old Labrador mix named Becca, and her biggest health issues to date are her joints and her mobility, and then her kidneys, and we'll talk more about that um, in the episode. The other geriatric that I have is a smaller Maltipoo, who's about 13 and a half years old. His name is Orwell, and he honestly has a touch of a lot of different issues going on. He has separation anxiety, which is under understandable because his family abandoned him when he was 12 years old. And then he also has a touch of cognitive dysfunction and he can't really hear very well. So it can make him a little bit challenging sometimes, but um, those are just kind of classic challenges that you have when you have geriatric older dogs. So let's talk about three places that you can really help your geriatric. And I'll give examples throughout this episode. The first thing that you can do with these geriatrics is anticipate their needs. And I'm going to use Becca as an example. 
So I mentioned that Becca has both kidney disease and mobility issues. And at one point during this past year, Becca started waking up um, at about 5.45 every morning. So usually Brent and I don't get up till 6.45. We try to sleep in as late as possible before work. And when she'd wake up at 5.45, she would tip-tap by the back door and she'd have an accident by the back door. So the first time this happened, we brought her into the clinic right away, did a urinalysis on her, and we found out she actually had a UTI. And we found out that her kidney disease was actually starting to climb a little bit. So we made some adjustments to her routine. We treated her UTI and made sure that it went away. But this getting up at 5.45 just didn't really stop. She kept having to go. So we kept checking her urine and making sure it wasn't back. We did a lot of different tests. The UTI was not back. It just was to the point where Becca's kidney disease was causing her to drink a lot of water and she couldn't really hold it um, till 6.45 anymore in the morning. So Brett and I had to, essentially after that, we had to start really anticipating her needs. So Becca is a fully house-trained Labrador and she does not want to pee inside the house. And once we kind of figured out that this was like not going away, this is just her new norm, we started anticipating her needs and setting our alarm. Um, One of us would do it every morning to set our alarm for 5.45 to get up and let Becca out at that time. And that was just, you know, concession that we had to make for her because she gets a little bit anxious kind of walking. We can actually hear her kind of tiptoeing around the house and walking right around 5.40. And we know she's kind of getting anxious because she has to go potty and no one's there to let her out. So we did not want that for her. So our decision to set our alarms at 5.45 in the morning um, was what came out of that. So that is what we now do. And that is kind of our way of anticipating her needs. So there are a lot of needs that your geriatric dog has. And I think one thing that is really important to be aware of with this demographic is that they really actually have difficulty communicating their needs. Remember, our senior dogs go through this period where they actually have a significant decrease in their senses. They cannot hear as well. They cannot smell as well. Often they can't see as well. And because of that, the world around them is just perceived very differently. And they also can't get around as well. So they can't communicate what they used to be able to communicate to you as effectively. And so you need to, almost as an owner of these geriatrics, really pay attention and plan for them. So maybe they get hungry more often and they need to be fed more frequently. Pay attention to whatever your senior dog is trying to communicate to you and try to play around with what you think they're trying to tell you. So one example, another example of that is Orwell, the other geriatric dog that we have here. He is about 13 and a half pounds and he actually Actually likes to eat pretty frequently. I, he's got a pretty fast metabolism and I actually find really frequently with my older small breed dogs that they just almost tend to need to be fed more frequently. The same thing happened with Bon Bon, a Maltese that we had, and Frodo as he really became in this geriatric age. They just want more food more frequently. So Orwell will do this thing where he'll just kind of start walking around the house. We don't really know what he's doing. He's just kind of like meandering. We figure it's part of his dementia. And then eventually he'll get over to our closet that has our food closet that has their dog food. And he'll just kind of scratch at it once. And if you miss this, you're going to miss his cue that he's actually hungry. He has no other way to tell you that. So his meandering around the house for 10 or 15 minutes before he goes over there is really, I think, his way of being like something, you know, like I I need something for you. I need you guys to get me something. I don't really know what it is right now. And then eventually he gets over to that food closet and he scratches at it for us. And that tells us that he's hungry. So just be on the lookout from this group for things that they might need or things that they might want because they can't really communicate to you as effectively, especially if you have a dog that has any sort of cognitive dysfunction like Orwell does. 
let's move on to the second thing that is really critical for these dogs. And that is regular veterinary visits. And I know I'm a vet. So of course I would say this, but here's the thing. When they're this old, months can have a huge impact on the amount of changes your pet will deal with on a physiological level. So I love to see my geriatrics and I love to check in on their diseases and tweak what I can for their comfort and then reassess things periodically with them. And there's a lot at a vet visit that I want to check on them. I want to check their weight. I want to check their lab values if they have a disease that needs that kind of monitoring. And it can really have a huge impact on their quality of life for however long we're lucky enough to have these dogs. Now, one of my favorite little mini beagles that I've talked about before is Amber, the geriatric um, 13 and a half year old mini beagle. And I saw her about four months ago for her dental and we did a dental. We removed several rotten teeth in there. And so now her mom and I are really pleased because we know her mouth is more comfortable, but Amber has a couple other issues that we really need to keep tabs on. So she also has a heart murmur that we have her on medications for. She has chronic pain with her neck and arthritis in her body. And those are two of her biggest issues. So even though I just saw her four months ago, I just checked up with her again for a semi-annual visit a few weeks ago. And we checked in and we talked about a couple of things that her mom was actually noticing at home for Amber. So Amber's arthritis has actually been bothering her a little more, meaning she was less likely to get up and follow mom, seemed a bit more sore on her walks or when she was walking around the house. And so that visit enabled us to kind of talk about that and then augment her arthritis management plan. So I tweaked a couple of her medications um, and I added an added in a low dose of a second medication to help Amber in her comfort. And I got an update from her mom just a little while ago. And she says that that tweak that we did is really just making a big difference for her. So for right now, that's where we're going to sit with her. But again, getting these geriatrics into the vet every four to six months can be really valuable to them and their quality of life. The last thing that I think could be really helpful to them is keeping them involved. So when I'm usually identifying geriatrics, they're often the ones that have some degree of difficulty with getting around. So even the small ones may have this. So maybe they don't jump up on the couch like they used to, or they're at the point where they really don't have much mobility at all. And so the third thing that I find really helpful for this old crunchy geriatric senior dog is to actively try to keep them involved and work to include them in daily activities. And an example of how we do this with Becca in our home um, is through our walks. So five years ago, when we first adopted Becca, she was 10 years old, right? And she had no problem going on these longer walks that we would do with our younger dogs. But gradually over time, her ability to walk has really decreased. And at this time, Becca's back legs are just a real struggle for us. It's a real sore point for us. Um, We think she has some sort of neurologic component to her mobility in addition to really severe arthritis in her hips. And she's at the point where her back right leg just doesn't work very well. And so our walks have gone from, you know, several miles to one to one and a half blocks these days. And it's it's breaking my heart if I'm being honest, but we're close to considering buying a doggy stroller for her soon. So if you guys have recommendations for ones that you love, let us know. But um, with Becca, Becca is really used to walking with the pack of dogs that we have. In fact, Becca has almost always been a part of a pack, even in her previous home before we adopted her. So we think Becca feels more motivated and like one of the guys out there when she walks with her doggy siblings. 
So in order to try to keep her more involved and feeling like part of the family, we augmented our plan a little bit. So with Becca, what we do is we take all four of the dogs out for our walk together. And we do that one block, one to two blocks that Becca can do. And we bring her back to the house and we drop her off to catch up on water and rest at home. And then we go off and we finish the rest of our walk with the other dogs. We just realized that she likes it more this way. And I don't even think she really misses going on the walk afterwards when we drop her off with them because her legs are just not the sturdiest right now. And so even that short walk can kind of tire her out. So instead of just leaving her at home because she doesn't walk far or walking her alone because she can't walk as far, we augmented our plan to try to help keep her involved. And there are a ton of ways to do that with our senior dogs. So maybe it's getting a backpack for your smaller senior and halfway on your walk, you put them in the backpack um, if they can't really go very much farther, but that way they're still out there walking with you. Maybe it's getting a wagon or a stroller, just things that you can do to help keep them involved. So that finishes up today's episode, and I want to just quickly review the three ways that we can really help our geriatrics out. Um, And those are first is anticipating their needs and remembering they can't quite communicate as well as they used to. The second is getting them to the vet more frequently. And we talked about how, you know, the little beagle Amber that I see that even after four months, she had some changes with her arthritis routine and we needed to make some, some adjustments to that. And the last thing was finding ways to keep them involved with you at home and your activities. So I hope that helps the geriatric senior dog pet parents out there. And as always, I want to thank you guys for being such amazing pet parents. If you enjoyed my podcast and could write me a review here on Apple or Google Podcasts, that would mean the world to me. And until next time, I hope you and your senior dog have an amazing day. All content on Senior Dog Revolution is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice for your pet. Your dependence on the content of any information found on Senior Dog Revolution is at your own risk as nothing discussed or mentioned here can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. As always, for veterinary care and advice for your pet, please see your veterinarian. 